Welcome to Last of the Labour Wine, an irreverent and informed take on the Labour leadership elections from three white working class middle class blokes from the north. Brought to you from Yorkshire by Stuart Bruce, Carl Milner and Mick Swales. So what I, f- I thought we should talk about, gentlemen, yeah. was I think we should do a quick... I think we should introduce ourselves first. Oh, OK. Um, That's revolutionary. So I think it's even quite a good idea if we introduce each other. So it's like four... Four? Three. Three, three white blokes from Yorkshire. Um, Carl's the posh one because he lives in Ilkley. Yeah. Via <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sheffield and Wakefield. Yeah. So uh, just the do... The only posh bloke from Wakey. <laughs> Wakey's posh end. I live in Rothwell, which is a proper pit village where it used to be when there was pits. Uh, I'm Mick Swales, uh, from Bradford, which is not posh. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd beg to differ. Oh, well, actually, Ilkley's part of Bradford. And, of course, there's the there's the wonderful Bingley Five Rise Locks. Indeed, I live very, very close to There that. you go, yeah. and, and we have a few... The Worth Valley's... Uh, there's a bit there, but not massive. Yeah. Not yeah. massive. Not massively noticeable. Not like Stuart's yeah. Lot. Not Stuart's lot in in uh, in Leeds. The massive great mansions on Wigton Lane. Wigton Lane. Where the hell's Wigton Lane? <laughs> you don't mean on Wigton Lane, North Leeds. Oh yeah. No, I know where you. No way near where I live. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. My sister lives up that way. Yeah. What on Wigton Fo- Lane? Does she well, live? not on Wigton Lane, but up there where Footballers Row. Yeah, yeah Footballers yeah. Row. That's yeah. exactly where. Yeah. No, exactly where. Yeah. I don't anywhere near Stuart. Yeah. So anyway, let's get on with it. Labour leadership, you said, Carl. Yeah, so what I thought would be a very good topic today would be the um, to do a kind of like, you know, a, a kind of like bluffer's guide to the Labour leadership candidates and Got what right we people. actually think about them and what questions we think they're going to have to answer in order to win our support and, and more importantly, perhaps, than our support, <laughs> the support of the wider <laughs> Labour massive. <laughs> um, what do you reckon? Well, no, no, I think that it's not so much the wider Labour massive is I was chatting to some Labour friends last night at a branch meeting, as it, as it would have it, um, and the overwhelming th- feeling there is they want somebody that actually they don't care about what Labour Party members think. They kind of want somebody that the nation, people, have a little bit of confidence in. Do you think, do you think really? the party's got that, to that stage where they're, read, where they're ready to say, actually, it's not about getting somebody the members like it's somebody you think we're there yet I perhaps don't think my branch is typical of right. the party yeah um, that's my only concern is that you know, I'm not sure all the part you know the rest of the party are quite where Rothwell um, <laughs> no I think yeah. that's you can yeah. be fully confident in that assertion however I think what's what is quite interesting is the kind of the Corbyn continuity candidate Rebecca Long Bailey isn't even summoning up great realms of enthusiasm no. From Corbynites, they're kind of backing her, but it's not like. So, I, I so do you the, think Rebecca's the favourite right now in in, in terms I, of winning this? I think I, it's, it's really difficult to gauge because I think I'm not quite sure. I believe any of the polls because you know issues with all the polls that have happened so far. But I think just on the fact that she is the Corbyn candidate, she's going to get unite behind her and all the resources that that brings. I think you, you've got to put her down as as. But is she going to get unite? I, I, doesn't I, I think want to just well, be seen I, to back whoever wins. I, I, I think that they, 
there will be internal arguments, but I think ultimately they will they will go for it. I think she's got a really good chance. I have to say, yeah, I think yeah. you know, out of all the candidates there, she is the one that I can clearly identify with. What has been for the last five years, the you know, the site guys of the Labour Party. You know, it, it, she is absolutely in that camp. She's got the backing of momentum, but then you know, what a way to ask for backing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's North Korean <laughs> levels of democracy there, wasn't it? Right, and it, it was a bit like Dumbo, isn't it? You know, yeah. you know, who's volunteering for this? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's quite extraordinary, really. But I, I also think that she's probably got a few more merit, and this is coming from probably the most right-wing person sat around the table, and you know. <laughs> I'm quite happy that's, to see that's that. quite a claim in this room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I'm, I'm just quite, to clarify, yeah. everybody, we all we all are Labour Party members. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think we all count ourselves as left to centre. I mean, in fact, I'm sure we do. But actually, you know, I, I probably think that Roy Hattersley uh, was would be the perfect leader at this time, uh, which puts me right on the right. But even at that level of, you know, disengagement from Rebecca, I think she's got qualities. And I think that we would be silly to overlook those in this contest. I, I think she was, what impressed me, and we've spoken about this before, Carl, was that her answer when, you know, what, I can't remember what the question was, but the answer was, <laughs> I, I like sitting down with a Chinese takeaway with my husband watching something on Netflix. Yeah, um, it's very human. Which was, yeah, and she got mocked for it, which I didn't quite understand why she was mocked, because that's quite... That's what I like to well, do on a Friday night. Well, maybe that takes us down to the to the frailties of those people who are supporting uh, other candidates at the yeah. moment. And the, uh, I but, don't know. Uh, today she's got into a bit of hot water about her views on abortion, but actually I think her position she's taken, whereas I don't necessarily agree with it, is actually shows a bit of what honesty. She, said, she basically said, because she's a Catholic, yeah. and she said she could never countenance uh, abortion herself, and she doesn't agree with it. Um, after 24 weeks I think except in certain circumstances but she still would support a woman's right to choose and I think that is a perfectly honest opinion uh, you know statement of where she is so so I think a lot of the anti-Bailey stuff I mean apart from you know obviously atrocious politics is that um, is that actually she joined in 2010 and she fell in with a crowd I mean, my assessment is that when she, you know, a lot of us who have been lifers, let's face it, have a very kind of like, kind of like, you know, sanguine view about people who've joined, who uh, you know, recently, and and we don't like that. And and when she came into the party, she fell in with a with a group of people who would take her to the top almost immediately, and um, she did so. You know, she she did very well. She got she got selected. She got she you know she's got to where she. But it's no different from a lot of people who joined under Blair, for example, who mm, moved to yeah. the top of the party really, really quickly yeah. by towing the line of Blairism at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, a lot. Well, all of us in this room have been in the party a long time by the time Tony Blair had mm. had come to leadership, and, and we saw that as a phenomena. But we didn't have a go at them for that. But we're quite happy to have a go at Rebecca Long Bailey for that. I mean, you know, in terms of our policies, I think our policies are atrocious. Actually, I, you know, I, I can't. I've got a real problem because I don't understand how she's going to redistribute wealth really without touching income, which we'll come on to with Keir Starmer, I think. But um, 
you know, I, I find it very difficult to warm to any of them apart from the Green New Deal. And frankly, you know, the Americans have been trying to do that for the last 25 years, haven't they? You know, that, that is their policy and that's where she got it through. So that's my views on her. I, you know. oh, I, don't know. I, think, I think I'm probably less kind of warm to her than you are. Um, because if we just put the policies aside, I, and yeah, there were people that have come up through the party quickly, but what I can't work out is why. Why, what's she got that has enabled her to do yeah. so? Because whether it's kind of watching her being interviewed on TV, giving a speech, or even meeting her on a one-to-one basis, she's nice, you can kind of, she's friendly, but you don't actually even feel as if you're in the presence of an MP, let alone mm. a potential leader. You just feel like you're talking, well, talking to one of us. You feel like you're talking to somebody you meet at work, or there's just nothing special. There's nothing wrong with her either. I just, for me, I just fail to see why she's a contender. I, to be honest, I, I get that with all of them in a sense, in that I don't see that any of them have any great convictions. Actually, I don't think. I think they're all very different personalities, but I don't get a sense. Maybe possibly Lisa Nandy, but the rest of them, I, I feel that way about. To be honest with you, I don't. I don't think any of them. They all seem to me, or certainly Long Bailey and Keir Starmer and Emily Thornberry, that they would have served under anybody who was leader. Well, they wouldn't have made it to the cabinet, would they, in the past? Maybe that's us looking through kind of rose-coloured spectacles, but, but actually, I don't, they don't feel to me as if they would have made it to cabinet no. in a previous age. Possibly Starmer. Yeah, I think Keir Starmer yeah. would have done. Yeah. I, I'm not sure we'd have been talking about him as a potential leader. No, he no. would have... He's definitely cabinet material. Yeah, he's, um, you know, uh, what what's the benchmark there? Alice the darling. You know, he became chancellor. Remember, and did you know, um, you know, well, <laughs> a mixed job. What more one must say? But uh, you know, yes, it, I, I would see him as that kind of level. Yeah. But let's let's move on to Lisa Nandy because Mick mentioned Lisa, and for me, she's the enigma in this mm. because she's kind of she's got like two halves. So personality-wise, I really warm to her. Mm. Yeah, I could actually really imagine getting behind her and supporting her. And she's really good at identifying some of the challenges and problems the Labour Party faces. Mm. Where she fails woefully is when it comes up to actually having ideas for solving them. Yeah. Because she has them. But a lot of them are just nonsensical. You know, she's talked about things like, you know, let's move the Labour Party HQ outside of London. Let's have conference in small towns. Let's do... You know, let's do those things in small towns. That all sounds wonderful, but there's reasons why you don't do those things. Things like how could you have, the, you know, if, you, if hustings are meant to be able to get being accessible to the most members possible, small towns are too difficult to get to, especially in the north. That's one of the problems Labour needs to fix. So it's, it, it just feels like she comes up with these ideas, but they're not fully thought through. And the answer she gave on Scottish devolution... Yeah. Um, on kind of the Catalonia, the Catalonia thing. Yeah, and you're yeah. just thinking, seriously, has she yeah. even stopped to think about this before she started to speak? So that, so yes, she's like two halves. If she could fix the ideas part, I'd actually be a fan. But still, yeah, no, I think yeah, she yeah. has thought it through. I mean, to me, she's at the other end of that. I, I think there's a fundamental flaw in her policy. Personally, I think she's really acceptable. I, I, I like her. I want. I think she's a warm personality. I, I think she's a nice person. I have got no problems with all that kind of stuff and let's face it that's the stuff that actually matters to a lot of people you know and if we look back at the failures of the past which we have to do you know we fell from that in the past of having non-humans in the role you know we, we, we have to we have to relate to human this time I think for me the problem with with Lisa is that she's she's not prepared to be hard enough on 
conservatism in the working classes. And I think that she has to show and be prepared to show leadership when she's faced with that. I mean, it's the biggest question I think that Labour faces in, in many ways, that, you know, the blue Labour, the so-called blue Labour question and the idea that there's a, there's a Tory kind of like, you know, edge to the social policies or a right-wing side to working class um, views, we all know there is. You know, but when you are faced with with the, the question, well, you know, we ought to have a hard immigration policy or immigration is wrong or we should send them back or whatever, you have to challenge that and you have to take them on because we're Labour. And you have to point out the fact that half the policies that she wants, the other half of the policies that she wants to enact, which actually are perfectly sensible, you know, more spending on education, schools, all that stuff, you know, more spending in the north, will only happen if we have immigration because that's the way we'll keep the economy going. So I think there's a fundamental problem underneath that top veneer of... Yeah, well, it, I think it goes back to the kind of, the, you know, the, the Tony Benn quote about kind of whether you're a signpost or a weather vane. Mm. And you get the feeling she's a weather vane. She's kind of going with, that's what the people are telling her, yeah, so... I, I get that, but I do think there's, there's an element of the sort of, you know, I'm getting a chippy northern head on here, that there's an element of the, the London media. I read somewhere that, you know, she's just going to be the... I think it might have been somebody from one of the other... Uh, one of the, you know, the candidates' team said, you know, she basically she's just going to be the, the leader for a lot of northern bigots. And I think there's an element of this kind of London media, whereas actually when you listen to what she was talking about, she was actually talking about building the red bridge between the sort of the metropolitan city members and and the towns, trying to actually bridge that gap. Although, you know, I, I, I yeah. do agree with what, uh, what Stuart said earlier. She's very good at the analysis of what's wrong, but I completely agree with you, some of her solutions are just crazy. Yeah, they're, they're just totally, mm. total non-starters, which is a shame, because yeah. I want to hear the other candidates doing the same sort of analysis that she's doing, because yeah. yeah, they're she, not, they're she not at the moment. She just across as though she spends quite a lot of time thinking about this stuff, yeah. so when yeah. she comes out with nonsense, it kind of like, you know, in some ways what you want is somebody who's prepared to be formed through this process, don't you? You want somebody who's going to take the best ideas of all, and and put them together into it. And, and I think she has been thinking about a lot of these issues for a long time. She she co-founded the Centre for Towns, which, you know, is a great, they do some great, yeah. uh, great life, research. But life's not all about towns. No, no absolutely it? not. But you know, There are areas of cities, as yeah. we know, you know, especially yeah. in the north, that are far, you know, as bad, well, if not worse, in very different ways, I have to say. Speaking as a Bradfordian, which is a, you know, a huge city of nearly half a million people, um, you know, We'd suffer as well in places like that, and the idea that you know all cities are these great metropolitan centres of you know wealth and you know, is a nonsense. I don't think it's so much that as looking at the places where we're losing. Mm. Um, you know, speaking of somebody that comes from West Cumbria, mm. I mean, it was I saw a tweet the other day which was kind of it kind of stuffed me dead when it said that the most senior Labour politician in Cumbria is now the leader of the council. <laughs> there are no MPs left, right. and it's just like that would have been unthinkable. Yeah, in Jack's day, it would never yeah, happened yeah. in Jack. Well, exactly, it was Jack Cunningham that <laughs> recruited me to the Labour Party right. uh, back in 1989. That's how long I've been here. Um, but the, the, all this thing about kind of blue collar conservatism and blue collar Labour and that, I think part of it isn't so much that people there are opposed to some of these kind of more metropolitan liberal ideas. They just don't see why we need to talk about them. Yeah. They actually want to talk about how they're going to pay for the next holiday and, yeah, yeah. The, you know, why the kids are throwing bricks. And 
it's, so it's not yeah. that they're opposed to them. They, they just think, why on earth are you always banging on about it? Just, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, they've, yeah, got, yeah. they've got different kinds of problems to London elites, haven't they? Uh, you know, it's a different world, and 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 there is no connection at all between this metropolitan kind of like, you know, left, and them. You know, and and I think that that's where Keir's Keir's got to prove that he's different, mm. um, in in that respect. But but you know, their problems are about. You know, have I got enough money to do X, Y, and Z? You know, go down the pub. You know, keep the kids at school. You know, where's my next pint coming from? Kind of like you know, and, and when they see Farage, kind of like you know, having a pint and being, they think although it's a completely different level, they kind of, you know, they relate to that. And what uh, we've done for too long is just stay away from all that culture. Yeah, and you said that lapism is wrong. Compare that. We haven't mentioned Emily Thornberry. Not that I think she's going to get on the ballot, but you know, compare that to her tweet that she got fired from, from the front bench for, you know, seeing the, the, the house with the England flags outside and the white van and, you know, making a disparaging comment. And that really said everything about that type of Labour mm. member. Yeah. But that's, yeah, but the problem is that type of Labour member isn't actually confirmed to the metropolitan elite. No. Because the constituency I live in isn't kind of the metropolitan elite. Mm. You know, we're small towns on the edge of Leeds. You know, the type of places where we're losing it. And I remember a few years ago when I... I did a leaflet for the local council elections, and it to say it upset some of our local members is probably an understatement. And it was basically because I'd used Union Jack and uh, St George's Cross backgrounds on some of the photographs. Well, well, back in the day when I when I was working in uh, in South London, we had, uh, Richard Balfe was the candidate. Do you remember Richard Balfe? He swapped yeah. sides in the European elections. He was the candidate in Bermondsey, and we had him on a tank with a. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> his pitch on his election leaf. Well, well in Bermondsey, hey, you know, he did all right. But he didn't win, by the way, because Simon yeah. Hughes absolutely whipped his ass. But yeah. you know, yeah. So, so that's. But no, you, you're absolutely going back to what you said, Stuart. It, is, it isn't just the metropolitan areas. It's mm. an issue with part, a lot of party members across yeah. the country. But it, I mean, uh, credit to to Lisa that she raised that as an issue. I think she's made it a big issue in in this election, and it'll be uh, you know it'll be interesting to see where it comes out. So I think that's the thing that defines her for me, in the same way that for uh, Long Bailey, it's the kind of Corbynista kind of like momentum kind of sour taste that 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 I'm I'm defined by for her. We haven't spoken at all about Jess Phillips yet. So oh, what was I mean, my first impression was great. I'll rejoin the party. And I'll probably end up supporting her now. I think, and you know, even that was only a couple of weeks ago, and I've, I've kind of changed my mind now because although I like the plain talking, I like the fact that she does genuinely connect with non-party members. A number of people, family and friends, who've spoken to me and said, you know, I really like that woman. You know, she she talks a lot of sense. She's honest. I'm not quite sure what's underneath that. Yeah, mum at the school gates politics. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to say, I've been trying to, I've been trying to encourage friends who've left the party um, or people that have expressed sympathy or horror at the Tory government to join, and she's the candidate <laughs> that actually gets them to say yeah. yes. Yeah. By a country mile, it's not even close. Mm. Now, I don't think she, the problem is that although that. She's bringing that influx of people. There's not going to be enough of that influx that's, of people. That's a really interesting observation, mm. actually, because she is the one that is bringing people back into the party. Yeah. You're right. I, I've just been talking to somebody now who was a member. Will will rejoin if Jess is going to get it, you know, and and they they like her for that reason. But 
maybe she's also she's she's marmite isn't she? she's the marmite candidate i mean she's got no experience at the dispatch box has she she's you know her policies are what exactly and they are all over the place and who's around her and who's 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 supplying those to her has she got any kind of gravitas or you know so if she got in what next is the question do you, do you think she'll get on the ballot i do it's, it's yes tough, but you think she'll get the 33 yeah. yeah, I think there's I think there's enough because there can be small constituencies. There can be some of the inactive ones. And she's spending um, a lot of time in Scotland. Yeah, which where is seventy three constituents because they, they use the uh, Holyrood boundaries, don't they? So yeah, I'm to understand that, but it's yeah. but basically it's much easier if you get yeah. them there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I I completely agree. I think she is the dark horse of the race in many ways. I think she's a she's got a she's got a better chance than people think because she is so plasticine and, and, and she can be moulded to any way. If you don't hold a position and you can't be held to a position, you start to think of her as, as your own. In terms of the general public and whether they want to Jess Phillips, I think that's a bigger question. I don't think there's any way we would win a general election with Jess Phillips as the leader of the party. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think if you look at what's happening around the world, um, about politicians, you, it's actually what the Corbyn phenomenon was. It's because he had a character; he was different. It doesn't matter necessarily whether you like or dislike them. Actually, you want you, it's kind of it, it's it's part of the authenticity. You actually just want to know what people think. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you want to know, that, and you kind of recognise that people have got flaws, but you like them anyway. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, which kind of almost brings us on to the the one that we haven't discussed yet, mm. which is kind of Keir Starmer. Yeah. I mean, I've gone from kind of not being a, a fan to actually actively helping on his campaign now. Um, but yeah. I'm, I think it's fair to say I'm, the, I'm his least enthusiastic supporter. Oh my well, God, I'm absolutely with you all on that, Stuart, because I, I didn't come in, I didn't rejoin the party to help him, but I will help him for, you know, for the <sighs> simple reason that I, I, I have been convinced by others who I respect saying that it's a binary choice. It's either him or Long Bailey, and I think it then becomes an existential issue for the Labour Party that he has to win but I will do it mm. you know reluctantly because he he always just comes across as you know if you've got uh, some artificial intelligence to put together a generic exactly. political uh, you know yeah. leadership candidate it would sound like him it would look like him it would have his background it's kind of what's, yeah. what was that thing on his leaflet what's the what's the phrase on his leaflet it's something like the future could the be better. better. A better mm. future is possible. A better future. I mean, what is that? I mean, God, let's rally to the cause. Get get them over the barricades. Yeah, and I think that's actually one of my concerns. Is actually, if you look at kind of where the smart campaigning is coming from, at the moment it's coming from Jess Phillips and Lisa yeah. Nandy. Safe, yeah, yeah. safe, safe. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and yeah. I think he, they're playing it safe because they perceive him to be the front runner. Do you know but what? It's David Miliband all over again. Yeah, yeah. exactly, and, yeah. and that's exactly where he is. I mean, it's kind of he's a London lawyer. He he reacts like a London lawyer, and he tries not to be. Can you remember that awful thing when Blair tried to claim he was a Newcastle United? Yeah. yeah. I just get that feeling about him all yeah. the time. About every, he will. I don't think he's that naff, actually. Frankly, I think he's a good guy, and I, and I think his policies will. Pro, uh, out of all of them, actually, he's probably he might be the one now. And and I'm I'm swaying between him and Phillips at the mm. moment. I have to. I think the problem for me is I, I don't think I'll ever know what his policies are because I don't trust him. 
Yeah, I do not trust what he says because I think he's going to say what he thinks I want to hear. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's for me is the big problem. Yeah. It, and it becomes down to that kind of the AI manufactured yeah, yeah. politician. There's nothing wrong with him. That's that's exactly what is wrong with him. Yeah, yeah there's something uh, not there, isn't yeah. there? There's something I want him to make wrong. a mistake. Yeah, yeah. That would make <laughs> me like yeah. him so much more. Yeah. I wanted to come out yeah. and say, you know what? I hate football. Yeah. yeah, well, that, I just want to know who he is. That, yeah, yeah. that would be fine, wouldn't yeah. it? That that would be okay because that's who he is. He needs to be authentic. Mm. And although he's trying to, you know, at the moment he just isn't. I'm really hoping that over the period of this campaign, that's what he proves is that he's a human being, and that he's, or if he's not a human being, be authentic about not being one. You know, there are policy wonks in this world, mm. and maybe he is one of them. And do you know what? They've made good leaders of this Labour Party yeah. before. So, you know. So that's fine, but just be authentic about that. Don't try and be. It's, it's like when they tried to when, when Gordon became PM, they just tried to change him, didn't they? Yeah, and, and what a mistake! Wake up to the Arctic monkeys and things like that. Yeah. Just he, no one believed it. No, no one fell for that, and it made him. No. Yeah, and all that the, the thing that he had in his favour, the gravitas, the be the serious. Yeah. You know that had all yeah. went out the window. Reading forty-eight books on a holiday, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, and that was Gordon all over, and, mm. and and he was wonderful for it. You know, and and nobody had a better grasp of policy, or the theory and and, and philosophy behind policy than Gordon. Mm. And you know, I don't get that feeling from Keir actually. Well, at all. he hasn't got that gravitas. I'm always reminded of the line. I mean. Keir Starmer is no Josiah Bartlett, but I'm just reminded of the whispering line about let Bartlett be Bartlett. Yeah, yeah. Let Starmer be Starmer. I just want to know who he is. Yeah. I'm sure if I knew, I'd like him. But at the moment, I don't have a clue. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, we, we, uh, we're going to see him tonight in Leeds, straight after this podcast. Um, and I don't think we'll come out of that knowing any anything new. No, no, that's exactly the one thing he did say. Yeah. He, he was on the telly and he, uh, he did the uh, Koonsberg interview yesterday. Did you see that? Where they kind oh, of like did yeah. the let's make him human piece by walking him round high gate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> you know, what a fantastic choice that was. Although I suppose he is the MP, to be fair. But, uh, but you know, he was kind of, um, there were bits of it and I thought, you know, that's okay. You, you need to say more about that. I think none of the candidates are, are, are grasping the green agenda enough for me. None of them are being radical enough about wealth distribution, as I said earlier. I want to know what that is without frightening me more. You know, what are you going to do to redistribute wealth in this country? And none of them are answering for me the Scotland question correctly. Mm. And I need to hear answers to all of those. Um, and I haven't heard any yet. Mind you, it's pretty early. Isn't it? it is. Yeah. And, 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 and to be honest, I'm slightly relaxed about policy things. Because you know we're four or five years away from a general election, actually there's lots of things can change in that time. Um, I, th- I think maybe the one that I do want to hear a bit more of is the green one, but the rest things are going to change. I, I think what they think of Scotland at the moment is kind of irrelevant because the whole Scottish question is going to change by the time. By the time we've got any yeah. say over it, yeah. So yeah, so I'm, so it, so, it, so for me it's more about the values. You know, if you go back to kind of we we keep harping back to kind of ninety seven. You know, but I think one of the fundamental problems we've got in kind of, you know, the type in the towns and in working class communities and stuff is aspiration. Yeah, you show me a working class parent that doesn't want the kid to have a better job than them, that doesn't want the kid to go to university, that doesn't want something better, and they don't associate that with labour. They don't think that's what we want for their kids. They think we want to kind of make their life at the moment better, and actually that's not what they're interested in. With these huge lists, I mean. 
perhaps the next podcast could be about exactly what Corbyn did wrong at the election. But, but you know, I mean, yeah. this huge list, this wish list, you know, with the waspies here and this and that there, and people sit there at home and they're thinking, well, who the hell's going to pay for this? Because it ain't going to be the big corporations because you no. keep telling me you're not paying any tax. So one of the other guys, you but know. I, I, I agree that I'm not too hung up on the, the policy. Although I did read uh, today Jess Phillips's open letter to party members that I think she wrote, released yesterday, and he was talking about social care, which is, you know, one of mm-hmm. the biggest issues yeah. facing us. And she said the social care um, issue is simple to solve. Just we just need some people to pay more tax. Now, although <laughs> I'm not hung up on, on the, you know, on them not having detailed policy platforms. I'm not quite sure I want somebody as leader who thinks that one of the most complex and difficult issues we're going to face in the next 20, 30 years is simple. It just needs the some shortage of GPs is because we haven't got money. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's want to try yeah. trading them. So I think that's a wrap for today. No more predi- no prediction or final prediction. My, my final prediction right now, today, as it stands, is that Keir will lose to Rebecca Long Bailey. Right. I've been wrong about these things before when it comes to Labour leaders. And my guess, and I'm not particularly confident, is that Keir will pip Long Bailey to it. I I think I'm with you, Mick, although my big fear is that a, a weak campaign by Keir yeah. will mean that Rebecca Long Bailey can take it. Yeah. Because so far I'm not being I'm not put him aside, I'm just not impressed by his campaign. No. Um, they definitely need to up their game. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't disagree with that at all. It's all to play for. As they say. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. Thank and you. We will be back in a future edition. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear more of this, then please subscribe. Share it with your friends and comrades and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts because ratings mean rankings and rankings means listeners.